A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Main Menu Hello everyone and welcome to Main Menu for the 3rd of March 2017. This is your co-host Jason Castingway speaking. We are all about excitement in this week's show. We start out with Chandni and Tanya from Tactile and hear about a development they've been working on that can improve access to printed material. Next, Brian Fischler is our guest and he tells us that TiVo is now accessible. Very exciting. Finally, Lucy Greco joins us again to tell us about developments with Dictation Bridge. Enjoy the show, and I'll be right back after this brief announcement. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, Main Menu listeners. This is your co-host, Jason Castingway, and I have with me two guests from Tactile, Chandni and Tanya. Welcome. Hi. Hi. It's great to have you with us. Now, I read about your project on the web, and from what I understand, it was part of a hackathon event, right? Yes. Okay. Tell me, how did the idea for this device come about? Yeah, sure. So we were actually coming up with ideas for the hackathon. And one of our team members came across a refreshable Braille watch. And she sort of said that, well, let's try generalizing this and doing text to Braille. So then we came up with the idea of trying to scan printed text and then providing the Braille translation on the Braille display. And then, yeah, we built it on the during the hackathon. And after that, we conducted our own research and decided to continue with the project. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now that we're still working on it. Wow, that's terrific. And how much time did you have to come up with this idea? Well, we came up with the idea, I guess, like the night before the hackathon. Mm-hmm. But I guess um, during the actual event, it was 15 hours of just working on the project. Wow. Have you come up with an actual idea of how it will look, how it will function? Right now we're still in sort of a prototyping R&D phase, but we have thought about how we want it to look in the future. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it will be uh, very small and portable so that maybe you could fit into a small bag or uh, even a pocket. And you can place it on any paper, such as a book or something. And if you move the device down the page... It will scan the text and display the Braille on top. And so you can read at your own pace, basically. Mm -hmm. I know with cameras, sometimes you have to hold it pretty far above the page for it to see. But it sounds like maybe this is more like line by line. Right. So we're actually working on a new scanning mechanism so that we can capture the images by placing it on the paper itself. Mm -hmm. And... The reason why we did this is so that the user doesn't have to keep the device far away from the document and have the problem of trying to orient the cameras correctly. Ah, that sounds great. Is there going to be a way to save the information in the device or on a flashcard or something like that for future reference? Yeah, so we're thinking about having some onboard memory for uh, maybe the past like couple of pages that we've read. And also, we're also thinking about possibly including like cloud storage, so you can connect to your phone and access uh, previously read documents that way. Oh, okay. I can't remember from what I read, um, how many Braille cells do you plan to have on the device? Right now, we're planning to have two lines of Braille, so that's 36 cells total. Okay. And will it also have speech, or is it just Braille? So the current idea will only have Braille. Mm-hmm. In future iterations, we could also try converting it into speech. Since we are developing a mobile application for the device, it is a possibility to add in a speech functionality as well in the future. Oh, okay. Terrific. Is there anything else you'd like to tell me about it that you can think of that I didn't ask? or The goal of this project, I guess, is sort of to make information access from like an everyday basis a lot easier 
for mm-hmm. people who are visually impaired because like a lot of things there's no like braille version or like if you're reading a menu in a restaurant it's a lot of hassle to get someone else to read it to you or something like that oh, so we want to the goal is that this is sort of something that you can bring around with you and use it on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. i mean that's that's a great goal i think and i'm really excited do you have any idea as to how much longer? I know that's really hard to, to say in a design stage, but... We're trying our best to get as much done by the end of the semester. Mm-hmm. So that would be around four months. And then we will have to see which stage we're at um, during summer to like see how much more time would require. Mm-hmm. Okay. So since we're all seniors, actually, we're all graduating at the end of the school year. And everyone has different uh, plans for what they're doing after graduation. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why our main goal is to try to get as much done as possible within the semester before we all go to our different places and have to work from remote areas. Okay. Like I said, it's very exciting. Is there an idea as to the price point? We're aiming for the $100 range. Um, a lot of the current devices out there right now are maybe like one or 2000 at least. Yes. Yeah, which is really expensive. So our that's, again, like one of our main goals is to make this much more accessible to the average person, especially if you're visually impaired community. Many people are living below the poverty line. And so uh, we really want to make this as cheap as possible. So more people can access text. That's great. Now, if anyone wants to learn more, where can they go? Our team website is teamtactile.com. And our email ID is tactile at mit.edu. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything else that maybe I missed that you'd like to add? No, I think, yeah, yeah. covered basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Tanya and Shandni, taking the time to speak with me. And uh, I very much look forward to your unveiling of the first iteration. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome, everybody. I'm Randy Rusnak, along with Jason Castanguay. Thanks for listening to Main Menu. Our guest this time is Brian Fischler. Let me tell you something about Brian here before we begin. Brian... And Ed do a great podcast called IXSVO. I started out, did a podcast called Accessible Devices, and we were irreverent. We trashed a lot of companies and people, and it was a lot of fun, but yet we gave a lot of information. Their podcast is exactly like our podcast used to be. And Brian, a uh, great podcast, and we'll let you, uh, at the end of the show, talk about your podcast a little bit and uh, give information on it. Just love the cast that you and Ed do. So, ah, well, welcome. thanks so much. Really appreciate that. And uh, I guess i got to say thank you for ending your other show to make way for iAccessVO. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was on purpose. <laughs> Jason, welcome aboard. Yes, thank you very much. Hmm. Now, I'd like to start off by just saying a little bit. Today, we're going to talk about accessible boxes like TiVo and things like that. But I have just a couple little short stories before we let Brian talk. And uh, once uh, once we do that, then the floor is open and it's going to be great. Back in the 80s, I can remember talking with a tech with our cable company. And we got along really great. And at the end of having him install the box, he said, well, uh, I've shown you the remote control and so at, in those times, you know, nothing was accessible. And he said, I want to let you know that if you have any problems, just have your mom call me up <laughs> <laughs> and we'll try and take care of you. And, you know, at that time, I was like 30 years old or 31 years old. And, and uh, I said, you, you think that my mom called you? <laughs> and at the time, I had a son on the way and a house of my own. And, and the second one. Second little story was I had a Sony talking VCR, and I could program it would it would come on and turn itself off, so it, it recorded. And I called up the company, and no offense, Brian, but it was a guy from New York that answered, <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, how can I help you?" 
And so I told him, you know, how excited I was that the talking VCR was finally in my home. And he goes, what do you mean? I'm going to end this call because everybody knows a blind person doesn't use a VCR. (laughs) And I tried to convince him in the worst way uh, how we really appreciated the talking feature. And he said, what do you use it for? And I said, I use it for turning things on and off. And it's got a great tuner. And uh, he goes, you're not putting me on, are you? I said, no, uh uh-uh. And now we snap to 2017, where things have to become accessible. And it's high time, too. Um, people have gotten sued over this. And I hate to say it, but it's doing some good. And we have a lot of things that are accessible now. And Brian's going to talk about TiVo. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Uh, you know, it's, I, I come from a background. I'm, I'm somebody who went blind later in life. And I actually worked in the movie business. And... Um, I guess I'm still passionate about film and TV, Um, you know, movies. uh, You know, it's funny. Nowadays, I won't even watch a film unless it has described video just because it's so easy to get lost with everything being in movies so visual these days. But fortunately, we have a lot of great options when it's coming to describe video. And I've been a uh, long fan of TiVo, and I said for the longest time that I would never. I'm on my. I was on my second TiVo box. I said I'd never buy another TiVo uh, unless they had a built-in screen reader. And I never in a million years would have imagined that day would have come. And sure enough, in December, uh, when uh, the cable companies were first introducing their screen readers around, I believe it was December 20th, I just happened to do a Google search for TiVo screen reader and was shocked. When it actually came up, TiVo screen reader, and I learned that uh, it was in the new devices, uh, their, their, their latest two models, which is the TiVo Romeo as well as the TiVo Bolt. And the next day, sure enough, I ran out the Best Buy and bought myself a TiVo Bolt because I had to get the new uh, hardware so I'd be able to get the screen reader and everything and uh, got it set up. And, uh, you know, it was was absolutely blown away. You know, for years, TiVo had been doing a great job. I was able to, to set my recordings uh, with the TiVo app on, on iOS and everything and actually start shows playing on my TV from the iPhone as well. And it was funny. So basically overnight, the TiVo app went from probably my most used app on my phone to the least used app on my phone because now the the screen reader on the TiVo that's built in is so fantastic that I'm able to rely on that. Wow. So, Brian, I'm curious to know, there's so many things. There's satellite. There's uh, cable boxes. Uh, there's Everything is becoming speech-friendly and talking, and it's, it's all great. But there are those out there that may be confused on on these devices. Now you're talking about TiVo. Explain what it is, why you want it. Um, and certainly it talks and that's a great thing, but, but why should one, this is my devil's advocate voice here coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Why should one, uh, go out and buy, buy one of these when you have, uh, DVRs built into the boxes. Um, and by the way, I'm really glad that TiVo is accessible. So explain to us what the box does, and and uh, why it does what it does, and why should you have one over a DVR? Sure. Now, for me, uh, the reason I ended up having one was when I lost my vision, I actually knew the layout of the remote control. Ah. So that was a big reason I stuck with TiVo. Now, the thing about TiVo is it's not cheap. But when you consider, at least for me, I don't go to the movies. I, you know, I, I don't really go to Broadway shows, so I get a lot of my entertainment, whether it's sports or, or, or and you know, television shows. I, I look at it that way. I get it through TiVo, and the great thing about TiVo is um, you eliminate the cable box. What it is is uh, your cable company will provide what's known as cable cards, and they slide right into the box, so you, you only have one box. And the great thing about TiVo is they've got probably the best search functionality uh, out there as far as uh, if you want to search for any programs, you can break everything down into categories. And, uh, you know, what I've seen from people that have just a DVR is some of them you're only getting like 20 hours record time. Uh, with my TiVo, I, I believe it's like 250 hours high def, but I'm blind and I don't record anything in high def, so I get about 1,500 hours of record time, and 
it's kind of frightening because my box is 70% full. So that's some, <laughs> I have like 90 episodes of the Big Bang Theory because I like to fall asleep to them and everything. So, you know, the TiVo, it's, 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 it's just, um, you know, you're paying for the box. The prices have really come down. I think I got the Bolt in December for maybe about 129 And the thing with TiVo that a lot of people don't realize, though, there is a monthly subscription price. It's about $15. Or you could pay for the whole year for like $100. It's a little discounted and everything. Mm-hmm. So you are paying. And what that service is, is it gives you you know the updated guides and the program information and everything. So it is a subscription service and everything. But for people that do have the money and are into television and stuff like that, uh, it's just fantastic. And what I did notice is it seems like they're using, I think it's the Samantha voice potentially, so I know the Roku, which recently got some voice functionality, and I heard that sounds terrible. Uh, you've got a pleasant-sounding voice. My only gripe about the uh, TiVo screen reader, it's way too loud. And I've already had a neighbor complaint saying uh, <laughs> they, they've been hearing a talking voice because, you know, you have the television set at a certain volume. And the screen reader, for some reason, is just much, much louder than the television volume. So you do, you know, if you live in an apartment building. Uh, but the great thing is um, – you have a button on the remote. Uh, you have an A, B, C, and D button. Uh, you hold the A button down for two seconds. It turns the screen reader off. You hold the A button down for two seconds again. turns the screen reader back on. And then the C button, uh, you can press that. And if there's a described video track, it'll start playing the described video track for a program. Nice. Maybe the engineers think that we have trouble hearing as well. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's that very well could be the case and everything. Now the one thing, another thing that uh, you could do with TiVo is they have, I guess, what you would call like uh, secondary media access. So they do have, uh, you know, you're, it's kind of like an Apple TV where you do have Netflix. You have you also have Amazon Video, which you you don't get. Uh, you know, for you uh, Prime subscribers, you don't get that on the Apple TV. Uh, you have YouTube, stuff like that. The problem is the apps aren't fully accessible. Actually, they're not accessible at all with the, with the screen reader. But when you go into Universal Search, if you do a search for something that's playing on Netflix or TiVo, you can bring it up through the Universal Search and start it playing from there and everything. So oh. it's... It is partially accessible. They they need to work out some of the kinks so you can go through and, and I guess see the Netflix menus and that sort of thing. And I'm sure it's coming. You gotta remember this screen reader just came out in December, so you know, for a 1.0, it's a fantastic release, but there is room for improvement with the volume and making uh, you know, all of the Amazon and Netflix those secondary uh, media uh, options fully accessible. But uh, pretty impressive for a company that never had a screen reader. Well, I don't know if you're aware of, and, and I'm sure you're correct, because um, Samsung's TVs were recording this in 2017 in late February. They have netflix pandora and oh, there's one other one that i just can't bring to mind right now and if you yeah yeah i think you might be right you you can go in and i want to say that they're mostly accessible now and so i would think the same thing would be coming to tivo uh, i mean you can actually uh go into the tv portion without having to navigate any other way and i think that's fantastic yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, for a long time, uh, you know, Samsung's uh, televisions in the UK and Europe have had screen reading capability for at least five years, I think. And mm-hmm. I looked into it. The interesting thing that I didn't know was television and is done different in England and Europe than it, it's up to the televisions to provide the guide content, where in the United States – it's up to the cable companies to provide the show information and everything, which is why the televisions didn't start talking here until recently and everything. There was some kind of uh, loophole or something, you know, and they had to get the cable companies on board first and everything. So that's that's what the, I don't know why it took five years. I mean, it's 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 amazing how long, uh, you know, these acts of Congress take to get these companies on board and, you know. I've heard great things from uh, Verizon Vias as well as Dish Network, uh, DirecTV that they've all, uh, like Comcast, they've got great screen readers. And then I've heard about a couple of disasters because a buddy of mine has Cablevision. And uh, they they have like a dongle that you have to attach to. And uh, 
He mm-hmm. says it is just a complete nightmare. It doesn't work very well. And then Spectrum, from what I'm hearing, supposedly has a laptop they connect you to, and it's just a complete nightmare. Uh, so it's amazing how some cable companies get it with, when it comes to a built-in screen reader, and other companies are absolutely clueless. Well, first of all, I'm with Spectrum, and I'm in touch with the uh, vice president in charge of design who's also coming onto this podcast. And I'm going to be talking with the developer of the of the app at some point real soon. So I'm really pushing as you push for accessibility, like with um, Yahoo, I'm doing the same thing with Spectrum. That's great. They do get it. And why it's been so long for them to come on board, uh, I don't have an answer for you. Um, we tell them what we want. And they, quite frankly, just don't know how to go about doing it or it's taking them so long to implement everything. And why that is, I can't tell you. I think because they're like the third uh, largest company right now and they're they're swallowing up other cable companies, which, which are good. But I, I think, in, in my own mind, they're paying more attention to that than they are accessibility. And that's going to get them into some big trouble, which they are trying to get out of. Ooh, that was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, at least you get a free laptop out of it from what I hear. Well, no, I I didn't take that. I I did take their tablet, but the the app the way it is now is far better on iOS than it is on anything else. And um, I'm giving them pointers on that. But um, you know, this isn't really why we're here today. But I guess I'm I'm happy to report some of this stuff because. Uh, of accessibility for uh, TVs, cables, and as a matter of fact, we're doing a series. This is going to be part of a series that you're in now uh, with accessible cable boxes, uh, networks uh, like DISH, and uh, you know just how far they're coming along. So you're actually in a series of podcasts. We, it has grown so much that we can't just put it into one show. So we'll be bringing you several presentations of this. Yeah, no, and it's like I said, TiVo... Um I guess you, it doesn't matter. The great thing about TiVo is say you're with a Spectrum or a Cablevision and they're a little behind these other cable providers as far as getting their screen reader working, you can go ahead and get a TiVo. I mean, if you have the money, that uh, you know TiVo will work with any cable provider and then you're not reliant on the cable company to provide the screen reader. The TiVo itself is what's providing the screen reader. So mm-hmm. there's one way if you're out there and you are a uh, Spectrum or Cablevision customer and you're just frustrated with, uh, you know, how things, how slow things are moving and you've got the money, then go ahead and dive in and get yourself a TiVo and you'll be up and running uh, as soon as you get everything set up. Wow. Now you said 129. Did you mean 129 or 1029? 129. Yeah. No, that's, I don't have that kind of money. Well, if you did, I was going to come over there. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and they've always got sales going on and everything. Like I said, you do want to get uh, the Romeo or the Bolt box. Now, for those of you that are cord cutters, the TiVo Bolt works with cable or antenna. I think the Romeo may only work with antenna. I think the Romeo would either have to buy one that just works with an antenna or there's one that works with cable. But with the Bolt, you have an option where you could be antenna or a cable subscriber and everything. So uh, they they do have a lot of options for all kinds of people, no matter how they're receiving their their entertainment. I have antenna TV here, so... Now I'm starting to realize, gee, TiVo could be really interesting to get some of that um, programming information so I could find something or see what currently is playing on a given channel or something like that. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, they've done a a great job as description. You know, what also I found interesting for the first time uh, since I could see, now I have access to all the settings and everything. You know, it's, it's not just the the guide that's being read to you and uh you know it's it's all the settings and everything you can go through all the menus the screen reader reads everything to you um you know it'd be nice to get some controls to that where eventually maybe you could set the uh voiceover rate a little faster and everything but i'm sure that's all coming like i said for a 1.0 release it was pretty impressive and uh all the search functionalities you know it takes a little long to 
type things, but you could also create with a TiVo what's known as wish lists, where say you have a certain actor where you like uh, anything they're in and you want to see anything that they're in that's coming up. You would type their name, save it as a wish list, and then there's just a button you press called Upcoming, and it'll show the next two weeks anything, whether if they're on a late-night show or any of their movies or television shows. Uh, they have director wish lists, or same thing with the director. I mean, so wow. that's the, one of the biggest selling points about the TiVo is it's got a lot of great search functionalities, and that is now all fully accessible again uh, with the screen reader. So it's pretty fantastic. That would include the guide information, like when you're connected to a cable provider, you could search the guide and all of the same stuff that people with a cable box would be able to search? Exactly, exactly. Wow. It's got uh, what it does... Um, I'm connected. You could either connect over a, a phone line, if, if people remember what those are, or <laughs> uh. or you could connect uh, via your Wi-Fi and everything. So um, you could hardline it into your modem if you want, because that's how it gets you know the information. I think maybe at two o'clock in the morning, you know, you don't have to do anything. It's when you set it up. Uh, it dials into the main TiVo hub, and that's where it's grabbing all the information for the guide from, and it's just constantly updating, and I think it gives you about two weeks in advance of information and everything. So, um, and, yeah, the other cool thing is when you're watching live TV, which I very rarely do, it's funny, you, uh, you'll hit the, say you hit the eight and then the six, and the, the screen reader will now tell you what you're hitting, and then it'll tell you what channel it is and what's playing as soon as it switches to the channel. So, there, there is a lot of description and, and stuff you just never thought about and everything. So wow. I've been fairly impressed, and uh, it takes a lot to impress me. So TiVo really did a good job with this. Now, all you need really is the TiVo and a case of jalapeno chips. You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and um, you know, like I said, it's now if we could just get more of the cable networks to do more and more described video because uh, – that's something where you know it's really pathetic. Yeah, you know, I've noticed some cable networks go above and beyond the. Uh, I think what's it a mandated four or six hours a week, and I've noticed that Fox and USA Network almost all of their shows have described video, but then you've got uh, channels like CBS and NBC that have very very few programs that seem to have described video. Well, on the app. Uh, from Spectrum, and not that I'm trying to bash them or anything, I'm just saying the way it is, is that when you go in and look at screen content uh, and actually uh, transfer it to the, in other words, you hit the send button and it sends to your TV, then the player starts playing on your phone or on your on your TV, depending on whatever. But inside the player, they have what's called an accessibility button. Mm-hmm. And when you hit the accessibility button, how many things do you think that you should see in there? Uh, at least five, it, I would think. It, yeah, there's one. <laughs> and in Close that captioning, one, you got it. Yeah. And that's yeah. the first thing that I, what's one of the first things I want to really address is, and once you're in that screen, as we're talking February of 2017, once you're in that screen, you can't get out of it. <laughs> you have to shut the app down. Oh, yeah. No. So, yeah. Now, another another thing for those of you that are not like us New Yorkers who have one bedroom apartments, if you have multiple TVs, you know they they do sell um, other kind of TiVo devices where you could just get the. It's a cheaper device. I think it's about sixty bucks, and you could stream any content to any of the TVs in your house. Uh, for people like me that are totally blind and uh, the size of the television doesn't matter. You can play anything on your iPhone when you're connected to Wi-Fi. So it's like having a television in your bedroom and everything. Oh, God. Yeah, Jason, you, do you want one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Brian. If uh, you had other family members in this household, we have a few. So you could get one of these devices and they could stream it to their TV as well, hooked into your uh, network. Is that correct? Exactly. It's all over your network. And the other thing with TiVo, although I haven't done it, um, you could play stuff from your TiVo on your computer um, as well as supposedly described video and those features will work. Supposedly described video works on the iPhone. I've yet to been able to get that work. They, they claim there's a button there, but I, for the life of me, cannot find it and everything. And it's, it's funny because... Um, when you're playing something, when you're streaming something to your iPhone, it's best to actually turn voiceover off because when you hit a commercial with voiceover off, if you flick down, it'll fast forward 30 seconds at a time jumping through the commercials. So it's pretty cool, some of those little neat tricks and everything. But everything does 
uh, at least on iOS and uh, work with voiceover. And uh, I don't know anybody that has this on TalkBack, but uh, it's it's a neat little setup. And, uh, you know, now I just need to find more hours in the day to watch TV because we know <laughs> watching TV is a great waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, that sounds like a great product. I'm I'm glad that um, that we found out a little bit more about it. Now, um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but have you recorded any demonstration that you could let us have, or can you uh, give us a couple of examples? Uh, I haven't recorded uh, any uh, demos or anything. Uh, you know, we've we've yet to kind of do any of that uh, with our show and everything. But examples as far as uh, yeah, what the voice sounds like, and yeah, I mean, uh, you want me to turn it on here now and see if you can—that'd be it? cool. Yeah. Okay. Notice how I put him on the spot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I actually have a show paused. Playing at forty minutes of one hour. Can you hear that? Um, yep. I'm going to mute so, my mic so you can. So I'm going to hit the main menu button. Screen title, TiVo Central, my shows, press down for other items. So it'll tell you what screen you're in, so you always know where you are, and it'll tell you if there's options to go down. What to watch now, press down for other items. Find TV, movies, and videos, press, manage recordings in one pass, press down for other items. Music and photos. Press down for other items. Yeah, you, if you're sighted, you can stream all your photos or your music to the TiVo. Apps and games. Press down for other items. Settings and messages. Screen title. My shows. Disc is 58% full. American Housewife. Folder with four items. New. Tuesday, February 21st. Press down for other items. So what it does is it creates folders. Press B to sort by date. As you can hear, it's a little verbose. But um, so for each show, it creates a folder. I mean. Teachers. Blinspot. Folder with three items. New. Wednesday, February 22nd. Press down for other items. Then if you go into the folder. One season. Draw O Caesar, erase a coward. New. Wednesday, February 22nd. Press down for other items. Then you go into Press the show. Draw O Caesar, erase a coward. S2E15. Play. Multiple leaves must be chased to catch a lethal courier. So the team split up into unexpected pairings Weller and Roman, Jamin Zapata, and Patterson and Reed. And if you play. Playing. Season two, episode fifteen, channel four, WNBC at zero minutes of one hour. Yeah, that's uh, Brian. I'm impressed. Yeah. One other thing that uh, I should mention that is absolutely phenomenal, especially for the blind community. Um, anybody that's had a DVR knows um, the toughest thing is fast forwarding through the commercials. You know you. Half the time you end up going too far, then you have to rewind, then you have to fast forward. Well, two great other features with the TiVo, and this is not just for sighted people. Any primetime television shows, there's a button where if you press the channel up button while watching, it'll automatically skip through all the commercials right up to the next segment of the playing show, which is really cool. Wow. I don't know if you heard that weird chime. That lets you know mm-hmm. that show, you could just, with the touch of one button, skip all the commercials. I mean, that's that's a great feature. You know, that way you're, you're just automatically, the way they do it, and I can't believe this, TiVo basically has employees that after a show airs, they watch the show, they somehow mark it, and somehow it's able to just skip all the commercials with the push of one button. Wow. They also, along with fast forwarding, they have a dedicated uh, 30 second skip button and then an eight second rewind button. So it, it is very quick to quickly skip through commercials and everything, which I despise commercials. So Me too. That's, that's another top selling feature is these uh, quick skips. And then another new feature, which for 
people like me, I don't know if you guys, when you're listening to podcasts where you'll listen at 1.5 the play speed or even faster because mm-hmm. we hear things faster, TiVo now has an option where you can listen to shows at 33% percent <laughs> the play speed. Now, you're not going to want to do that on your comedy shows or drama because that's going to just be weird. But mm-hmm. if you're watching any kind of news program or sports, it is fantastic. Oh, I mean, because it's great. Just, it doesn't play, you know, with that Mickey Mouse voice or anything. It's just mm-hmm. they're speaking that much faster. And, and for people like us that are used to hearing things at a faster pace, it's fantastic because you get through a half hour program in about 17 minutes or so. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a couple of other really cool features that the TiVo offers. Yeah, I've heard people tell me I cannot listen to you at fast speed, and I go, "Well, that's probably the best." <laughs> I don't know if you know that's... who Chris Mad Dog Russo is. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. I can't listen to him at fast speeds because he sounds like a chipmunk <laughs> and everything. So, there's certain people that uh, you just can't listen to at faster speeds because they, I don't know, there's something with their voice and everything. But mm-hmm. no, I've listened to you at 1.5, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. And you, and you haven't had any kind of breakdown or anything. <laughs> uh, I haven't uh, climbed the walls or my head hasn't exploded or anything. So, uh, <laughs> oh, we'll work on that. Yeah. Yeah. Taking a speed talk, talking course as we as we do this podcast, so hopefully we can fix that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's wow. it, it's great. Like I said, it is an expense, but uh, you know if you've got the money, it's 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 just great when uh, something or and uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, the you know they're constantly updating software and stuff with the TiVo. In January, they did a software update, and it was the first software update they did since they had the screen reader. Well, guess what? They broke the screen reader. <sighs> People went nuts. You know, the, there was a, a thread, and every, they had it fixed in less than two days, which was impressive. So, wow. uh, good. You know, you, you don't see that at a lot of companies. They were aware of the problem, and it wasn't like you had to wait six weeks or anything. They had the uh, screen reader fixed uh, within two days, and you know, hopefully that won't happen again. But if it does happen, you do always have the app, which is fully uh, accessible, at least on the iPhone and everything. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was it was nice that they, they were able to correct that uh, very quickly. So it's interesting. Everybody here in, in well, everybody in a household can all turn in their boxes, get a TiVo with the extenders. I don't I don't know what you call them, but um, so that is the case, right? You just turn your boxes in. So that's less expense there. Yeah. Yeah. Now the the cable company they charge I don't know it's like eight or twelve bucks a month for the cable cards, but you know that's a lot. I assume that's cheaper than what you're probably paying. Oh yeah. You know, for your for your cable uh, box uh, and everything, especially if you have a cable box with a DVR because you're paying for that as well. So. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it does, and yeah, you know, there's less. Anytime you can have less uh, boxes and stuff and everything, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's much nicer and everything. So uh, yeah, and uh, I believe I'm connected. Uh, I, w- I used to be hardwired in, but I believe with this new box, I'm just connected uh, with Wi-Fi and everything to my router. So it's 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 nice and easy. You do you will need some sighted assistant probably setting it up. Um, you know, there are a couple of screens that you have to get through and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it asks you, you got to put in your uh, zip code, that kind of stuff and everything just to get everything set up. And uh, But then the only cords I think you need, uh, I think there is a coaxial that, that plugs into the back from the cable and uh, I th- and the power cord. And I think that's pretty much about it. And when you said the cable, you mean the cable that goes to, the, to your TV? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Mm. So even though you have the cable cards, for some reason there is a coaxial with, from the cable company that that just you know that that old coaxial that <laughs> just <laughs> screws into the back of the box and everything. Mm-hmm. Is it easy to watch uh, something live? Let's say that I wanted to go on to uh, oh I don't know uh, CBS or something. Is it, is it easy to just to go into your live mode to watch what's on right now rather than to go oh, yeah. into record mode? Okay. Yeah, there's a button. There's a dedicated button that, uh, you know, it, the remote, obviously, you know, what you get somebody sighted to tell you where the buttons are. I'll make a note of it in a notepad or anything, and before long you'll have it memorized. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the first time if you've never held a TiVo remote, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm never going to understand this. But you'll get it down. You know, there's a couple of dial pads. I'm feeling it right now. But. Uh, the top most button is the TiVo central button that takes you to the main menu. And then to the right of that is the live TV button. And uh, if you went to the left, then you have your TV inputs and everything. So, um, <laughs> But uh, you have uh, with the uh, Bolt, which is what I have, 
<laughs> it records. You could record up to four programs at a time, which. Oh man! <laughs> wow. I, I I don't know when that's going to happen. You know, the, there's four things on at once that you want to record, but uh, it does have that capability and everything. Oh man, I don't have that much time in the day. Wow, I <laughs> I got to do something called housework, <laughs> which is why my box is seventy percent full. You know, it's like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's nice though to to have a you know, it's nice when you have this kind of storage capacity that way. You know, you never want your TV watching to rule your life. And with this huge of a hard drive, you're never going to worry about old things getting deleted. And they've got plenty of options. Say you record a show and, and you want to make sure it never gets deleted. You know, you can set it so it never deletes. There's just a ton of different kind of options and everything that you can learn. Um, and like I said, the great thing now is everything uh, works with this screen reader that's built in with it. So they, it's not, like I said, the only thing that doesn't work is the second level video stuff such as the Amazon and um but you can find that stuff by doing searches for it and everything and get it to play through there. So there there are workarounds, I guess is is the way to say it for the uh, few things that don't work with the screen reader. Where did you pick up your TiVo? Uh they sell them everywhere. I got mine at Best Buy. I did because I was impatient. You can get it much cheaper on not much cheaper, but like 10, 15 bucks cheaper on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, just make sure that you're getting the Romeo or the Bolt, and make sure the only other options you want to make sure is uh, if you're going with the Romeo, you know, you have to decide whether you're going to connect via your antenna or uh, via the cable. And cable. So mm-hmm. the Bolt does give you both options, and the Bolt it's it's amazing how much tinier the boxes have got. I've actually got two old TiVo boxes sitting here that are not connected anymore Mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't going to pay for the subscription so I could still be connected. Um, The great thing was with my old TiVo box, about 90% of the shows that were on it, I was able to transfer over to this new TiVo box. So (laughs) that was, wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, uh, and it's amazing how much tinier this new box is. It's about half the size and everything. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool how things are getting smaller there. So could you, could you do that yourself, do the transfer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just went down. There was an icon at the very bottom that said other TiVo box. It had its name. You know, I think it was called – I called it Living Room. And you just went into it. You found the show you wanted, and there was a transfer option. And I was able to do it all uh, with the screen reader. The shows that I couldn't transfer, for some reason, FX doesn't allow them to transfer. I don't know what it is. They don't. They were the one, them and HBO, I think, were the two shows where I, I couldn't, for some reason, transfer anything that was on HBO or FX. They, they had it blocked or something that you were not able to transfer it to another TiVo box. I have no idea why, but those were the only two networks. Where, and I'm talking, I had some shows from like, Five years ago, <laughs> huh. I'll get around to watching them one day. <laughs> it makes me want uh, to have an Amazon skill to work the TiVo that I'll never have to get out of bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, or you can order uh, food or something. Uh, I'm sure it's coming and everything. You know, it's funny because this this thing has basically almost made my Apple TV obsolete. And uh, you know, I'm still using the Apple TV to play Netflix just because it's it's easier. But I imagine once they get up to speed with the TiVo. Really, I have no need for the Apple TV. Mm. Incredible. Does the TiVo have an app store-like feature where there are other apps that people have designed for it? Or It does not. I, I did hear something in there that said games and stuff, and I've never even gone into it just because I'm not a game player. And seeing that the uh, Amazon and Netflix apps did not work with voiceover, I imagine the games don't work with voiceover. Um, if you do have low vision, there is uh, something on the computer mm-hmm. where you could put all your photos into it, and then I guess you know ha- kind of have a slideshow going on the TiVo with your photos and stuff. Yeah. And I haven't used the music option uh, on the uh, TiVo either. Just you know, it's just if I'm going to play music, I've got much better speakers in my TV that I'm going to play music on. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, no, oh. it's 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 a great um, universal, I guess, entertainment hub. I am pretty okay. excited about it. Yeah, I am too. And I'm sure when this podcast airs, you're going to see a lot of happy people and probably some people that are actually going to switch. Um, I myself am getting pretty tired of waiting yeah. for uh, accessibility, and uh, this would kind of, especially when you can turn in your box and get cable cards. And yeah. plug them in and be able to get devices that will stream to other TVs. Wow. 
Yeah, and, and all cable providers, uh, like I said, I, I haven't heard any that uh, the TiVo won't work with. If you are a, a satellite subscriber, I might do a little more research, just making sure how everything works uh, with the TiVo and everything. If you are with DirecTV or Dish, but I, I, I do know that TiVos will work with them. I, I just would do a little bit more research. Don't just spend the money thinking, oh, this is, you know, maybe call up them and ask how, how it works and everything. But as far as if you are a cable subscriber, uh, the TiVo will work with any cable company that uh, that I've heard of. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that's that's a great universal option there. Brian, thank you for coming on Main Menu, and uh, you've been a great guest and oh, a no, lot of information. Thanks, guys. This was a lot of fun, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, we uh, got some people some great information. I'm sure you did. Yep. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Toward the end of the segment, Brian had to step away. He was interrupted by a phone call. I just wanted to mention to listen to Brian and Ed's podcast, IXSVO. A lot of talk, a lot of tech. You can subscribe using Downcast, Overcast, Podcast, QCast for Windows, any kind of podcatcher you can get your hands on. On a device near you. You'll be glad you did. I don't miss it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Randy Rusnak speaking. I'm here with my co-host, Jason Castanguay. Hello. And we're here with Lucy Greco once again talking about Dictation Bridge. And she's going to fill us in on what's new with Dictation Bridge. And there is a lot going on. I've heard several podcasts on it, and uh, she's got a lot to say. So, uh, Lucy, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Well, thank you, Randy and Jason, for letting me come back on and give you some updates on what's been going on. As you know, last April, May, we ran our crowdfunding campaign and we got fully funded at the very last minute, which was uh, nerve wracking to say the least. We thought for sure we weren't going to make it. And then we thought for sure we're not going to be able to do window eyes and jaws. And then for sure we're not going to be able to do jaws. And wouldn't you know, literally within an hour of the campaign closing, we got enough money to do everything. So we are working on that. That's exciting. That really is exciting. Our primary coder, Matt Campbell, has been doing fantastic work on creating the core to the project and digging in deep with the NVDA scripting and the JAWS scripting. And we're really, really excited as to how good he's been able to make the product. Well, I know Matt's work. I do know of it. And uh, I... It might might have slipped my mind, or maybe I, I didn't know, or maybe you didn't mention it last time. But uh, he's a very good coder and programmer. Hear that, Matt? <laughs> if he's in on your, he's vacation, not only in; he's our lead. He is. Well, he, that's he is, yeah, great. I mean, it will be successful. I can say that for sure. And it is. I mean, we are in beta still, but I mean, it's. It's probably one of the most stable betas I've ever seen. The functionality works extraordinarily well. It's it's a good product. So we actually added a couple of more coders to our team. We have Derek Reamer now, who was a computer science student, working on the project hand-in-hand with Matt. We added Austin Hicks, who is a recently graduated computer science student. He's been in, char- he's in charge of the JAWS part of the project. And... Within the past week, actually, we've added Sean, and he will be doing some of the JAWS scripting and adding additional functionality because he's actually interested in the project. So he's not even, you know, considered at this point in time, our core team and somebody who's being paid for the project. He's volunteered and jumped in and has added a whole pile of functionality that we thought we weren't going to be able to add to JAWS just because of the way he's working on it Um through his interest, and he's really good with NVDA and also has good background on uh, window eyes as well. So we're hesitating a little bit on the window eyes because there's a component or two that's still needed before we get window eyes up and running, but the project is actually moving along very quickly and very, very effectively. And we're speaking late February of 2017, so that's the time frame that if you are listening you know, a year from now or so, you'll know that this is probably all past. So JAWS is not going to be as fully functioning as NVDA, the NVDA version, strictly because we do not want to modify the default file for JAWS. Yep. 
it, it's really important for us that when JAWS updates, people are able to update. So we don't want to have to have the situation where people who are using Dictation Bridge can't update, or if they do update, it breaks their Dictation Bridge file. So we do have Echo back in JAWS, and we do have some JAWS commands we're testing right now. We're not sure they're going to be in the final product, but we are trying to give some command and control of JAWS with the Dictation Bridge add-on. Uh, I'm not going to promise that that will work, but we're hoping right now that we can get that. Mm -hmm. NVDA has full command and control right now. You can do things like say line. You can get it to change from browse mode to review mode. All that type of stuff is working with NVDA currently. Exciting. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. The reason I actually wanted to come on to the podcast is to ask you and your audiences to definitely go out there, download the beta, and give us feedback. We're not getting enough feedback yet, and maybe it's because it's just working and people, you know, people don't want to tell us it's working. But we need to know how it's working for people and how we can improve it before we actually ship and do a final 1.0. I'd love to, to do it, and I will do it. So if you give the website we can go to and download it, I will definitely give it a shot. And I'm sure Jason will too, and we'll mm -hmm. give you all the feedback that you need. I mean, Definitely. not all of it, but we'll give you some feedback at least. Definitely. So there's a link on our website, which is dictationbridge.com, to download the beta. And there's also a link to subscribe to our mailing list. And if you subscribe to the mailing list, that's where we'd like you to feedback. We also have GitHub. The product is now up on GitHub since this is a free product. This is something that will be available for people to add on and incorporate their own you know, new features in the future. It is now on GitHub and we have the ability to receive bug reports there. That's actually where we prefer that you submit the bug reports. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we also know that not everybody is a GitHub user and not everybody knows how to file a bug. So, you know, feedback is welcome of all sorts. But if even if you want to contribute, you know, feel free to go into GitHub, fork the code, develop it, work with it, play with it, and then um, submit it back up the tree to us. So I'm going to sit down on my computer and download this. So I'm all ready to go. I'm excited, which is going to be the case. I have, I have a completely new machine. Uh, right now I'm speaking on the old one, but my new machine is very speedy and it doesn't have hardly anything on it. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to download 365 on it. That's how new it is. So I sit down at the machine and uh, I get dictation bridge. So What's the first thing I'm going to be doing, and how will I know if it's working? So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to need to be running NVDA currently. We don't have the we don't have the beta out yet for JAWS. That's okay. I've got it. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm just making sure that you understand that. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, then you're going to download the add-on, and you're going to run the add-on like any other NVDA add-on. Mm-hmm. And then you are going to go to Microsoft Speech Recognition and set up a speech recognition profile in the control panels for Windows. You're in Windows 10, so just literally just type speech and Microsoft Speech Recognition will be one of the choices that comes up. And while you're going through the training for that, if you want to do additional training of your voice profile, while you're going through the training where it shows you text that you need to speak, you're going to hit the grave accent key, and that's going to tell you what the text is you need to speak. It's going to say it, but if you need to hear it again, you can just hit that grave accent key as often as you want. That's not a final configuration we're going to be in, but uh, that is currently what you would do to go through and set up your speech recognition profile. And then you're going to go through and use this like you would use speech recognition, and you're going to get echo back. You're going to be able to do things like turn your microphone on and off. When you're using Microsoft speech recognition, Microsoft already has added a sound effect to tell you that the microphone is on or off. If you, however, decide to do Dragon Naturally Speaking, do you have a copy of that already, by the way? No, let's see, I do not. Okay, well, you don't need it because Microsoft speech recognition is free and Dragon isn't. Remember, Microsoft speech recognition was the thing that we wanted people to be able to use because we wanted everything to be free. So just like you don't have to use JAWS, you can use NVDA. You don't have to use Dragon. You can use Microsoft Speech. So you can do things like tell it to start listening and stop listening. You can tell it open Microsoft Word and it will open Word. 
You can say open Firefox and it will open Firefox for you. You can dictate into Google Docs. The thing about Google Docs you should know is you should definitely set Google Docs to have Braille support enabled. Have you used Google Docs very much? No, I have not, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, so one of the issues in Google Docs is that there is no way to set Echo back properly unless you turn Braille support on. That's the Braille, yeah, okay, it makes sense. Yeah, because the way Google Docs works, and this is this is completely off topic, but actually relevant. No, it is. It's very relevant. Yeah, yeah. is that you can, um, as you're typing, it only gives you echo back character by character unless you turn Braille support and on, and that's because Google Docs is a, a thousand and thousand live regions. So it's the only way it's giving you echo back of the characters you're typing, is that you're entering a character into a live region and it's reading it. So they fix that with Braille support. And what happens is if you're using dictation and you don't enable Braille support, it will spell out every single character that speech types in and then give you the phrase. Ooh. Oh, wow. So it's, it's, it's kind of ugly. So if you turn Braille support on, though, all you get is the echo back, and it's really nice. That's kind of the codicil. Otherwise, it's working beautifully. I currently use it to dictate emails. I use it to create simple files. I've used it to create my slides for next week for, for CSUN. I'm really impressed. Like I said, for beta software, it's pretty good. That's great. So I would assume that not much has changed. You still have to wear headphones. That's a pretty much given, right? It all depends on the quality of your mic. I mean, if you have a really good noise-canceling mic, you should wear that. That's the best thing to use. We have been able to dictate with the screen reader on in the background. I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, you always want to improve your speech quality by getting the best sound effect. Mm -hmm. But if you're using a good boom mic on your desk, you know, you can speak into that as long as it doesn't pick up the screen reader. Because if it picks up the screen reader, that's noise and it just, Mm -hmm. it slows the system down. It doesn't, it doesn't make it worse. It just slows it down. Okay. Gotcha. You know, it's, it's got to process that noise. You don't want it to have to process noise. That's excellent. Yeah, is there anything more that you'd like to mention to everybody? Because I'm going to definitely give it a try for sure. We are going to have a new beta soon for NVDA, and we are looking forward to having the JAWS public beta available shortly thereafter. I mean, since we have Sean added to the team, I think the JAWS product is going to be slightly better than we thought, but it's still, it's not going to be the NVDA product. And that, again, is because we can't really modify JAWS defaults. Mm-hmm. Well, which is okay anyway, because you basically, you guys, you and Chris and, and the whole team wanted to have a free solution. And uh, since, you know, so many of the components are free, that's cool. Yeah, we, we want to, we want a free product. And that was our goal. And, you know, we wouldn't have even added JAWS except for people demanded it. So if people want it, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's really exciting to see that, you know, we have a product out there and uh, that people are going to be able to enjoy something like this. Yeah, no- absolutely. I want to give out a huge thank you and shout out to the San Francisco Lighthouse for the Blind. Uh, they were our major contributor. They donated about two thirds of the way through the campaign and gave us $5,000 and are really watching the product really closely and their public statement about how the product will help people is really our drive and motivation. Their CEO said, it's about time that blind people don't have to pay for the technology that they deserve. Do you happen to know if they are working with clients to interact with your product? They have training. They have AT training staff and the AT training staff are all actually testing the product and plan to teach the product when it ships, yes. Cool. So, Lucy, would you come back and give us some more uh, feedback on your product as it gains maturity? Anytime you guys want me to come on the show, just ask. I would, uh, I'd be more than willing to come back. Great. Okay, we're yeah. asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll come tell you about Dictation Bridge. I can come tell you about some of my other projects if you're interested, and we can have fun. Okay. Of course, it sounds great. Good. I do intend on giving it a try now that it's uh, it's in beta and fully working, and I'm excited to try it because I speak all the time, 
and I'm really getting to the point where it's like it's too much to actually interact with my keyboard. That's how, in my case, I don't have any motor control issues. I have a lot of other issues. <laughs> I like to talk more than Tell I like to Tell me about it, Randy. Thank you very much, Jason. <laughs> Randy, are you just like the rest of us, each day a little closer to getting old? <clears throat> and that concludes the podcast for today. <laughs> I'm afraid you're right. In that category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of. It's like I'd rather talk than type. <laughs> well, and that's. I'd rather talk than type, and so the two of us are in the exact same boat. And dictation bridges for you, sir. Yes. Well, I'm excited to try it. And thanks once again for being here. It was really great talking with you. Absolutely. It's always been fun talking to the two of you. Take care. Thanks. Take care. Main Menu airs every Friday evening beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream, and it repeats every four hours until 5 p.m. the following day. Listen on any internet-connected device, grab it as a podcast, use ACB Link for iOS, or call 605-475-8130 at airtime. Do you have any comments or wish to contribute? Email mainmenu at acbradio.org. We're on Twitter, too, at Main Menu. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>